Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Larry Clisby. And Larry, uh, episode seven, we are going to discuss some recruiting as our main topic today. And joining us is associate head coach Jack Owens. And uh, J.O., welcome back to the program. Um, wanted to take a look at, we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting in general, but specifically wanted to talk about the class that we signed this fall. Uh, four, uh, four young men that will be coming into the program next year. Uh, Eden Ewing, uh, junior college player, Matt Harms, uh, Aaron Wheeler, and Nogel Eastern, a four-person uh, group. First of all, uh, a big class, I guess, uh, compared to the size classes we've had over the last couple years. And uh, we're in a stretch here where next year's class is going to be pretty big as well. But uh, a group of four that uh, I think the staff p- feels pretty good about. Yes, we're we're truly excited about this class. They're actually uh, four guys that are going to help us in in in, in different ways. Uh, in every area, uh, they bring some kind of skill uh, to the game. Um, you know, with with no jail, you have a, a big guard that can play the one, two, and three. Uh, Eaton is a big time athlete that can uh, play either forward spot. Um, the Wheeler Aaron Wheeler can play. Uh, anywhere on the perimeter as well as far as from the you know he can guard anywhere on the perimeter but he's a guy from offensive standpoint is probably going to be a three or four uh, coming in then Matt Harms is a a four or five guy but he's totally different than than any big guy we we've had since I've been here Um, you know he's seven two uh, that can run uh, shoot and pass but he's not a true back to the basket kind of guy uh, but he's, you know, he's 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 intelligent. You know, he's a, a kid that took the ACT and got a 29 on the test by taking it one time. So uh, we're excited about this class. Obviously, um, we we believe they're going to be able to help us uh, in a lot of different areas. I think uh, the one thing that I know Coach Painter talked about it when uh, the class was signed, and he he commented to the media. Overall, a lot of athleticism and a lot of length. And I think now you look at our, our team, and especially around the perimeter, um, we're a shooting-oriented team right now. Um, it'll be nice to add some of that length and athleticism uh, to become a little more well-rounded um, as we you know get into next season. For sure. Uh, they, they actually, uh, I think, balance us out uh, with what that's we have. Good, that's a good way to put and, it. And, with, um, with, you know, with things up in the air with, with certain guys, if they go to the NBA, if they come back, I believe these guys will be able to help us. Uh, you know, I think uh, once Matt Harms gained 25 to 30 pounds, he, he would be a guy that can that can play, um, you know, at this level. Uh, but it's going to take some time um, with, with all these guys. I think the one that's probably – or the, uh, the two that's probably ready made is uh, that when they step foot on campus because of a physical standpoint, and no jail and eating, they, they're ready. They have the bodies right now to play in the Big Ten. Uh, no jail Eastern is a – you know, he's a high-level – uh, recruit. Uh, he's played on the the national scene uh, uh, with the EYBL. Uh, you know, Eden's playing junior college basketball at a high level uh, in Texas. So I, I think those two guys, uh, from a physical standpoint, are, are going to be ready to play. And the other two, uh, it's going to take some time, but their upside is is unbelievable. Uh, you know, when you can add athleticism and skill um, in, in those spots. So, but uh, like like. like like we always say, they haven't done anything yet, um, uh, right. so so we can't get too excited about them. But we do like their potential uh, to and what they bring to the table. When you talk about recruiting and the thing that um, 
you know, I, I always say about college coaches, to be a good college coach, right at the top is you have to be able to recruit because if you don't have good players, or at least have the players that you're competing against, you're in trouble right from the beginning. And there's so much put into it. But I've always, um, you know, just watching you guys, and that includes the head coach, always being gone. And it's such a, I mean, it just really takes so much time and effort to recruit one guy. And the other thing is, we always talk about this, is, I mean, you're, you know, your mid-30s, 40s, 50s recruiting 18-year-olds. And, uh, and, there's, and there's such a level that you have to recruit to. That's uh, parents, it's AAU coaches, it's friends of AAU coaches, it's friends of the aunt, of the mother who knows yeah. the kid. Well, you, you, you're, you're kind of making a joke, but not really. I mean, it's no, a, no, yeah, right. I, mean, I, I think that's, that's probably something the fans don't understand is how many people around a young man you actually have to reach out to. Yeah, and that's, you, you talk about that, but you're right on, Cliz, where um, where we um, we have to touch a lot of different people, uh, a lot from a lot of different areas. I, you know, I have a I have a, a folder where where I, I want to touch uh, someone from a recruit every day. Uh, if you're not talking to the recruit, you're talking to someone from his camp every day. And I think if you do that, you keep dialogue going on. You always know what's going on and you hear different things from from different people a lot of time. But uh, but I believe if you touch someone every day that you that you're trying to recruit, uh, you're going to stay in the loop. And, and the thing is, you're you're you are going a lot with the recruiting process. But it's but it's part of the job that you understand uh, that you have to do. Uh, to stay stay at this level but for us it's getting the right kid uh, you hear us talk a lot about um, taking a Purdue kid uh, you know just 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 the right kind of guy that fits here in our program um, obviously we want to win uh, as bad as anyone but we want to have fun doing it uh, we, but we want the right guys here uh, you know on and off the court and I think that's you know at times uh, you know, in a program, you can lose that focus. Uh, but once you, you know, um, you, you can add both where you can have, uh, have a good kid and a good player, you got the right combination uh, to be successful. And that's what we try to do here. We try to target, um, you know, the right kind of kid that, 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 that Coach Panter can coach and, and be successful with. I saw a statistic today, and it uh, referenced football coaching, but nonetheless, it's something that I think is troubling. And that is that 30% of the coaches that were new coaches in the year 2012 have already been fired at the college level. And 30% are, another 30% are what they call head coaches that are on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. So that 60% of our coaching field um, being talked about as being replaced uh, just four years removed. And I see that more and more, and and I understand, I understand the thought that we equate it to money. Coaches' salaries have increased, and Jack would be the first to say, well, maybe not assistant coaches' salaries as much as head coaching <laughs> salaries, but it has increased to the point where people who don't even can't even fathom what that money is or what it's equal to have a trouble understanding that that is that's the norm those right. those figures are the norm jim harbaugh and urban meyer in football coaching are not the norm 
Tom Izzo is not the norm. But when you look at the norm, that's what coaches are expected to be played. And it has nothing to do, there's no correlation between the money and how much success you're going to have. Right. They have the money, then you hope that you're going to be successful. But my whole point is, I think, I think expectations get blown out, blown out of the water. I really do. I think there's nothing any, there's nothing anymore that's out there that you can say I can root for a team and I'm not looking forward to the next game somehow, where I can enjoy the game. You know, I really enjoyed the Madison Square Garden experience this year. I like going to New York. We were only there for a day. We treated it just like a regular road game, but still it was exciting. And for the players that watching them in practice, it had to be exciting. Hey, we're in Madison Square Garden. So I could I could look at that day, enjoy the game. We had a terrific game and feel good about it. But but I do know, Jack, that as soon as you're on that plane, the laptop is open. You forgot about Arizona State, and we're on to something else. And in my mind, I'm still saying, you know, that's a pretty satisfying victory. Right. But you, as a coach, you never get to – I mean, where is the satisfaction? Well, and these guys are jumping on. Where's the satisfaction? No doubt. But they're jumping on. I imagine after a game like that, you're already texting recruits, hey, did you see that game? Hey, did yeah. you just watch us? And, and in that in that world, it is – like to Larry's point, it is absolutely nonstop. Right. Well, there's there's no during the season, my, my you know my wife and kids they, you know they understand the season you know and that's what they call it. It's like it's like some something in our house is the season you know the, <laughs> it's it, a beast yeah, that resides in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but no, it's it's definitely time consuming. But but you have to love it. Uh, you you understand that. Um, Cliz talked about the win. Uh, beating Arizona State was great and awesome, but uh, what what people sometimes forget is there was a team that lost, and they're exactly. dealing they're dealing with the other side of that, uh, you know, coming to New York and losing, and, and, and you know, you got kids that are playing that game. So uh, sometimes that is lost in the grand scheme of things because it's on TV and things like that, and and because of the salaries that you mentioned, um, this isn't the NBA because uh, we we still. Um, um, you know, like I said, we want to win games at a high level, but it's more to just basketball here. Uh, education is very important here at Purdue. Uh, we want all our guys to get their degrees. We want them to we want them to conduct themselves accordingly uh, in the community, and when they leave here, to be men. Uh, that's one thing that we talked about in recruiting is that when we get you, uh, you know, if, the, if we're fortunate enough to to coach you, we want you to leave here better than you came, and and, and to be able to, to to go out and be successful. And I want to say that I talk, as both of these gentlemen know, I talk way more than I listen, and I have a lot of stories to uh, pass along. But I do spend, when we go on a charter flight, I have a tendency to talk to those people that are taking us on that flight. And this last one, when we came back from New York, I uh, had a chance to talk to two people on that flight who were running the flight, and they were telling me, how impressed they were with our players. And I've heard that so many times before. Not always. I mean, I'm not saying that 100% of the time has every player that ever come through Purdue has been the model citizen. But I will say, in my 40 years of being associated with the team, that the norm is, man, you guys have a respectful bunch. Man, you guys do a nice job on these trips, and it's a joy to be able to be part of it, and I and I I can't tell you how impressed that is 
it is to me to hear that from other people when when we're going. Well, I think that, and I, I'd like to make that point because Jo talked about a few minutes ago when you go to recruit a player, there's a talent aspect, and then there's a a whole there's a person aspect, and the person is academically, socially, what kind of a young man is he? Is he respectful of others? That whole area. I would think, and I know a little bit of this because I'm around you guys so much, but far easier to say yes on the talent than it is about the other package. And and that's got to be where you put a majority of your time in. Is he a good kid off the court, and will he be able to fit in here and be able to play for Coach Painter and you guys? No question. And as a young coach, um, you know, I, I always – uh, you know, saw the talent. You know, you see the talent. Like, hey, man, he's good. He, he can do this X, yeah, Y, and Z. Yeah. Uh, but then you go back and, um, you know, you hear stories about how he treated the lady at the grocery store or he's not, um, you know, respectful in, in his classroom and in, in his math class at school or uh, he's he's not coachable. And as good as he is, uh, but I don't want to be a hypocrite. If he's an NBA player, we'll probably deal with it. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, Apologies no. to the lady at the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to win some games here. But, but no, for the most part, you know, he's not going to jive with Coach Painter. Uh, you know, Coach is, uh, you know, I'm biased to him. Uh, you know, I, I, I played for him. I, you know, I worked for him for a long time now. Uh, but there's a certain kind of kid that jives with Coach, and, and we all know it. You know what I mean? And um, he, he want guys to come here, have fun, obviously. But uh, getting a degree is important. And when a family uh, value education and things like that, um, you know, we usually have great success with a guy like that. I'm not saying that, you know, we, we don't take chances on guys or this and that. But for the most part, we, we want good guys here. And um, there's no way around it. But we want guys that, that, that are coachable. And, 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 and sometimes you, you go down the road where you offer a kid and you realize as you continue to dig and you figure out, hey, this might not be the guy that we want. And we backpedal out, uh, to be honest with you, if, if it's not going to. If it's not going to work, why why go down the path? So it's and you have the and you have the other one. You have a go the other way too, where you've you've analyzed somebody for a long time. Your whole staff has, and you've said, uh, man, uh, like you might say, gosh, uh, man, we got to sign this guy. And coach might say, why? Well, you know, I don't think so. Or right. maybe somebody else on the staff will say, no, I don't think so. And then we we don't offer him, or or we did offer him and take the offer off, and then you know year later or two years later you're sitting there and saying uh-oh you know and he was a good kid right you know, it's not like he was you know he had any red flags up there it was just we based it on what we think the talent level is and 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 we'll miss on that and that happens to everybody by the way it just doesn't happen to us but those those are the ones that really you go back and you think geez what do we do there no there's no question about it there's 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 guys that you like man um, you know, I didn't see that coming, and, you know, uh, you know, uh, and then there's guys you're like, man, I knew he was going to be that good and we didn't get him. You know what I mean? And we did everything in our uh, power to get him, uh, you know, and, and, and then you live with that. And there's a lot of times that, that we go back and we're upset. But then when you wake up the next morning, you realize, hey, man, we did everything. You know, we were the first to offer him a scholarship. We were there. We was all. We we're at all his games. You know, we've been in constant contact with his family, um, and those are the ones. It's like the we were talking about early, earlier uh, about a guy making a tough shot over you. You live with that. You know, you move on, and um, it wasn't meant to be. And you and you go get someone who wants to be here. And if you get a guy who wants to be here, um, you know they're going to be coachable and things like that. So that's important as well. But we have to continue to get a high level of talent. There's no question, and we're going to continue to do that. 
but at the same time, we want the right person here at Purdue. And you talked about recruiting to somebody that can play for Coach Painter, but that's that's any coach in the, in America. I mean, you work right. for a couple of the coaches. You always have to recruit to your head coach. I mean, Correct. I'm sure I'm sure you did the same thing at Southern Illinois with Coach Lowry. You had to recruit and get a player that you thought would fit him. Yeah, but no, there's so but there's so many but there's so many uh, misconceptions out there about Coach Painter. You well, that, you were, that's where I'm getting at. That's what just, I'm getting. You were at. just talking about. Jack was just talking. We were talking about well, he's biased towards right, Coach Painter, right. and so am I. But when I but when I hear regular people who who have never stepped inside this building right. tell me that he's this type of person yeah. based on what they've heard, and I know that to be a complete, you know, it's just not true. The knock is always well, he's too honest with them. He's just so honest, he turns them off. Like he's like in the closed meeting of a recruiting visit, he's saying, "Now you sure you want to come here? You know, it gets twenty <laughs> degrees in January. Right, right. Like, like get real, all right? right? Like that's I think that's the part. And we speak at, we speak on it with each other as a staff. There is a frustrating part to that, and because so many times in recruiting, you can't speak publicly about things. Right, that gets pretty frustrating. Um, and I think you know people can say. Well, you can't break a press. And at the end of the day, you can say, well, we're going to show you. We know what we're doing. And this year, you know, it's evident. Right. Uh, but in a recruiting standpoint, you're kind of – you don't have that voice piece right. to be able to combat that. Well, you know, you can't come out and just <laughs> just say the truth uh, a lot of times in the recruiting process. And uh, the, the one thing is coach is honest. You know, he's fair. Uh, you know, it's just like people think – how we play the game you know they, they think we just walk the ball up and just throw it inside every time oh, yeah. and, and, and we don't want to play and that's fast. how we average 84 points a game right right, right, right. And, and that's and you go you know we we're recruiting a kid uh, you know and and then he decided to go to another school and I asked I said well, what was the reason why why did you decide to do this he was like we want to play a different style uh, this you know they're more up tempo and I said, oh, okay. Um, how much did they average? I'm just curious. You know, it was they averaged three more points than we did one basket um, because of um, the, you know people are probably saying you go to Purdue and they're going to throw it inside. Yeah, we're going to throw it inside right now because that's the best opportunity for us to score. When right. Robbie Humble and Etwan Moore was here and Juwan Johnson, it was best for us to play through those guys. So. You know, we're going to do and what's it's also obvious here that once you throw it inside, there's a real good chance it's going to come back outside <laughs> only based made, on what we've yeah, done. We've yeah. only made, you know, what, top ten and three-pointers made this year. Exactly. Right. And yeah. taken. Right. And taken. Right. No question. But from the recruiting piece, um, you know, I, the one thing that I respect is that, um, you know, the guys that we have, they understand uh, what we want coming in. You know, coach isn't going to um, – just blow smoke that is not true. Uh, if that's what people mean about him being too direct, then then so be it. But that's that's not the case. Coach Coach done an unbelievable job. Um, you know, building relationships with with everyone that we recruited. Um, you know, he's he's honest with them. He's fair, and our guys know that. And I think that's important. And that's one of the reasons why we got Isaac Haas to be honest with you. Uh, you know, uh, I know it's out there that. You know, uh, Isaac decommitted from Wake Forest, and and um, Coach uh, Isaac's dad asked, "Hey, hey, Coach, what 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 should you do? Uh, what should Isaac do, or whatnot?" And Coach said, "Well, uh, he should keep his com- he should keep his uh, commitment. You know, he should keep his word." And you know, I'm I'm back there screaming, "What? No, <laughs> yeah, no, he, no!" Yeah. Now the background on this, he comes in and tells the whole staff that he spoke with Isaac's dad, and they are thinking about decommitting from Wake Forest. And Coach Painter's advice was, 
you need to be a man of your word and keep your commitment. And we all fell on the floor because we're all dying to have this kid. Right. And we looked at Coach like, what are you doing? And he said, God, just, he goes, just trust me. He goes, right. this, this, is, this is the right way to do it. And to his credit, it played out beautifully because then when it came time for him to officially decommit, um, you know, then, then that's when Coach would actually talk to him. He wouldn't do that stuff when he's Correct. somebody's committed to another team. So, but uh, there is, I think, back on that concept of Coach being honest with him, I think if you went back to any player who's ever played for Coach Painter here at Purdue, there's guys that maybe their careers didn't go as they had envisioned before they got to Purdue, but I can't think of one guy, and I've been here for all of them, I can't think of one guy who would ever come back and say, well, Coach Painter wasn't, that he lied to me. Not one player would be able to say that. And you'd be amazed how few coaches in the country, how few coaches recruits in the country could say that. And they may be little white lies where, oh, sure, you can start. You'll start. Yeah, right. sure. Oh, yeah, you're going to play 30 minutes a game. But those those wounds cut deep on those kids because when they get there, it's not – it's nothing like you thought going in, and that sours a lot of kids. And and one thing that Coach always says on uh, visits when we have kids in here, go call any of our former players. Go call their parents. Talk to anybody, even the ones that end up transferring. Because kids that leave here, there's they know why they're not here anymore. And nine times out of ten, it's it's you know just it just didn't work. But it's never because a coach here lied to them. And, and that no goes question. a long way. And after, after all, it's people business. So No question. And, and you know, a lot of people uh, may be misleaded in, you know, what position they're going to play, how many minutes they're going to play and things like that, uh, where, you know, you get what you earn here. And I think when you do that and you have a bunch of guys who understand, hey, if I come here and work hard and put my best foot forward and I do it every day in practice, I get what I earn. And that's what you get here. And I think that's something that Coach Katie did as Coach Coach Painter has continued to uh, carry it on. So our guys come in, work hard. And, and the one thing that we talk about a lot of you know, is that we, I can't think of a guy since I've been here uh, that worked hard that it didn't work out for. You know what I mean? A guy who came here, right. put the time in and, and done everything that we've asked that it didn't work out for. And I, I think – um, that that's important uh, when, when when you understand. Hey, if I if I come here and, and I work people, I'm have an opportunity to play, and and the rest is that. So. And the other thing too, I would think Jack is to be able to to look at a list of people and say these are the people that we're going to go after. And I know uh, this past year, you know, there were a lot of great players that uh, mm -hmm. you went after. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a, a list of people that you said, well, we're not going to go after this guy. I mean, it's not like Purdue didn't try to even get players that were different than the ones that you got. And yet, uh, again, there are many things out there that you have to go against. For example, a person with seven Final Fours. If, if a guy comes to you and says, hey, We've been to seven Final Fours with this guy, albeit they've won one national championship, by the way. That's one out of seven, the seven times I've got there. But having said that, yeah, it's going to get the attention of a lot of people. The problem is, though, Jack, and you just brought it up, when you have so many people in on a recruit's thing, you know, you know back when, when I was recruited, it was long before you guys were, you know, everything was regional, and, and secondly, it was a pretty simple thing, you know. you The coach came, talked to your parents, that was it. And, right. Hey, Dad, Mom, what do you think? I, Yeah, we're going to play 
locally because we want you to be able to come to the game. Boom, okay, it's over. And even great players then still was regional. It wasn't national. It wasn't national really until the late 70s, early 80s. So, and you guys have always been part of it based on your age. But now it's to the point of being ridiculous. I mean, based on... <laughs> it's you know, a circus. And so for a Calipari recruit, and it's no knock on John, but the idea is, well, you know, I'll take you, I'll get you to the NBA. Well, really, uh, if you're five or seven of the best players in America at the time, there's a real good chance, probably right. 20, 30% chance, you're going to get to the NBA, if not more, right? and have a chance to star. So in, in John's career in the NBA, it was anything but great. Yeah, he has contacts. I get it. But who doesn't at right. this level have contacts to get you to the NBA? And who – Anthony Davis, he could have played for NGAIT and <laughs> yep. been the number one pick in the NBA draft. So my whole point is a lot of this stuff is so superficial, but it's people getting the, into the ear of recruits and saying, oh, you don't want to play – with a local team, and oh, I want to play at UCLA. Oh, you should do this. Oh, I mean, it's coming from everywhere, Jack. And I yeah. know you have to fund. And as a recruiter, you got to funnel all this stuff out and, and and decide what you're putting into the mind of the recruit. Yeah, yeah, no, no question. There, there's a lot to, that go in the recruiting process, and uh, like I said, you you want to be upfront and honest, and, and and that's what we are. And and a lot of times, no matter what uh, you see, just think about it. It's it's, it's it's close to midterm here. There's a lot of transfers already. Uh, when things don't go the way that people say or kids are perceived, they leave, and that's just that's just the day and age that we're in. Uh, but I think uh, you ask, but people are telling him that. Yeah. People are telling them those kids aren't doing that totally on their own. And, and you're right. Because, you're, you're because right. again, in a different era, right. if you said, hey, I'm thinking about transferring somewhere, no, and, and, and yeah. someone would say to you, did you not make a commitment to that university and to that coach days, and to that program? Days are over. I, don't, I don't know if that exists anymore. But it, this is a good story, though. It's a true story. Lewis Jackson, his freshman year, uh, he, he gets here. And we, we talked about it earlier about the adjustment period from a freshman. You know, Lou, Lou Jackson is a really good player. Um, you know, um, started from day one, you know, for the most part as a freshman. I came when Lewis uh, was a freshman, so I, I remember it. Um, but he, he gets here, he's struggling. Lou's homesick. He's, you know, he's got, you know, 6 a.m. workouts in the weight room. He's got class. He's got, you know, he's got other things going on that he needs to do. And, uh, you know, at some point, Lou was ready to go home. He's ready to pack his bags and leave campus. And you know what? He calls his mom. And, um, you know, he, he thought he was going to, you know, <laughs> get that. Hey, baby, just come on. She said, yeah. no, you met, you had a commitment with Purdue and you're going to keep your behind there. And it, and it worked out. And, and those are the things that you look back on and you see a kid here who comes here, had a lot of success in the Silver tournament. He gets his degree. He goes on and, and he's been successful. And then, you know, you, you know, you, we've done right by Lou and, and everything worked out. But it started with his mom at home saying, you're going to keep your behind there and you're going to finish it out. And, and, and the rest is history. And that's the power of Purdue, too. We talk about the university and the name Purdue. Um, that's got to be a big, a, a big sell. I mean, it is a big selling point. I mean, the educational piece. But no I remember I remember you talking about when Carson committed to us. And the amount of people in the Houston area that reached out to him 
Because obviously a kid commits, you know, to a place, it's going to at least be a blurb in the Houston Chronicle. People saw that, and he said, I had more people reach out to me and say, I'm a Purdue grad. I know you were getting ready to go to Purdue. Oh, you're going to love it. And that, and I'm always amazed at that. No matter what airport we go through this summer, going on the European trip over to Spain, the amount of Purdue alums you see across this country and this planet is always mind blowing. And that's that makes a kid feel really good when Carson committed and all those people reached out in the Houston area to him. It really made him feel even more solid about his commitment. No question, the, the education piece is, is is definitely a selling point for us, uh, and and it, we wouldn't want it any other way. But when Carson committed, yeah, there was a lot of people reached out to him, and and where everywhere we go, it seems like there's Purdue people when they see the P, uh, they come up and say, "I graduated from Purdue in such and such year," or uh, "My brother went to Purdue." And I, I think uh, Coach Painter said it best, or uh, I know I heard it about it. When when you're a Purdue fan, it's mostly uh, people that, that attended Purdue, you know, uh, that, that have some kind of connection to Purdue. And, and that's, that's, that's amazing. I know planning Cancun and, um, you know, this year and, and the fan support we had there was unbelievable. You know, out of all the teams there, we, we had the most people and it felt like a home game to be honest with yeah. you, but out of the support you get, uh, from Purdue, but the education piece, you know, some people think we're in the Ivy league, you know, I would go out East in the, um, recruiting the prep, uh, the prep school circuit. Uh, some people think, uh, you know, we're private. You know, things like that. And uh, but but the education piece resonate. You know, that with the engineering back, you know, degree you can get here, at Purdue business or whatever you want to go go in. We pretty much have a major that uh, that, that can uh, fit your needs. And the guys that we bring to campus for official visits, and for the fans that don't know, an unofficial visit you can take as many of those as you want. That's where you just go visit campus for a day. You as a recruit, you pay for the whole thing. Uh, basketball recruits get five official visits uh, that they get to make, and the school pays for all the expenses associated with those. And official visits, when we have these kids to campus, a lot of times they are coming from other places in the country. But I'm always amazed when they get here how surprised they are by what we have here at Purdue. Everything from how campus looks to facilities uh, they're always amazed, and I don't know what I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if that means that they either. think we're, you know, uh, yeah, kind of out of yeah, but, nowhere. But, but think about this, though. Think about this. In all honesty, if you're if you're a Division One college basketball player, the only thing really that um, you have to worry about is uh, how to get to class, um, how to get to the weight room, how to get to practice, and so much of your life centers around that scholarship and you playing basketball that you're almost you know you could probably do it anywhere and not be not really worried about the campus to some because you're not going to see a lot of it to some right but then to others it really matters and i'll tell you what campus matters more i think to parents than anything else yeah yeah it's it's you guys are talking about things that that we hit on a lot from uh, what the perception of Purdue until they get here. And like he said, I don't know if it's good or bad. I, I don't know if they think we just have one building here on campus <laughs> with, with a basketball arena or not. But, no, there's a lot of times, uh, you know, Aaron Willard, for example, his mom, when she got here, she said she was just blown away uh, from the academic side of it. And, when you, like I said, when you have families who value education and things of that nature, uh, we, our percentage 
uh, of getting the kid goes way up. And then when you add the basketball piece where there's a need, uh, you know, where, hey, you have opportunity to come here and play. We have a good selling um, uh, tool there. You know, we, we can really real kids in. Uh, but the relationship piece is never going to change. That is the most important piece in the recruiting process that that, that, that you got to have. Uh, but then when you get them here, obviously our facilities are, are great. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know we're, you know, we're, we're one of the top teams. Um, you know, we're tied with Indiana with the most Big Ten championships and things like that. So, um, you know, uh, we have a lot to sell. And I think once we get them here, uh, you know, we position ourselves to, to get them. And, uh, you know, we try to continue to build relationships uh, even when they leave here. So, um, you know, that's that's the best thing we have going and the final thing I'll say about that is, as I have told players before, and the one that uh, I most recently told and made a big deal about it was Basil Smotherman when he was a freshman. But we're in the big leagues, man. I mean, <laughs> you, how we travel, how we, no how how we eat, how we practice, how and the facilities that we go. And I'm telling again, and I just want people to understand this. To go on a trip to Madison Square Garden in New York City when the guy comes out and says, you are welcome to the most famous basketball arena in the world, and people actually, including guys like LeBron James and other people like that, nod their head and say, yes, this is. And you get to go there and uh, be part of that. Just that one day, that 24-hour period, and your players have that opportunity Dude, I played at Youngstown State for you know a, a few weeks, and then at Kent State, it's not the same. It, no. It's not the same. No, it's not. This the Big Ten is in the big leagues. I told Basil that year we went down to play Oklahoma State down there in Florida, and we had played a couple of prelim games. And I said, "Hey, pal, now I want you to let you know we are now headed to the big leagues. This yeah. is a whole completely different thing." And he and he keeps bringing it up to me four years later, but it is. Uh, I just want to convey, and I, I, my whole career, I've been the beneficiary of this, but to be part of this is unbelievable for so for a, ch- a kid to have a chance to play at this level. It's it's beyond unbelievable, and and we're all part of it. Right. But it's easy for us to sit there. Hey, this is part of the experience. And the last thing I'll say is I can remember, I can I can remember. I was over at Lafayette Jeff High School back when I was doing television. This is years ago. And I was wondering if kids, if little kids are still impressed. And I remember that they played an exhibition game against the Soviet national team. And I can't, I, and to this day, I remember sitting in the stands and I was looking at kids down at the end of the bench. And I was just little kids. I'm talking six, seven, eight year old kids. And they're looking at these guys, and I'm watching the Soviet team warm up. And in my mind, believe this or not, we're talking 25 years ago, I'm sitting there going, boy, they, they look a lot like us. I mean, what's the difference between them and our teams? I don't see a whole lot of difference. In other words, the the ingrown thing of they're from the Soviet Union, the bad people, and we're from America, the good people. You know what I'm saying? Right. But to watch kids, and to this day, to this day, and I, I forget what, it was at the Nebraska game last year. No, it wasn't. It was the Iowa game last year on the road. Yep. And I was there about, you know, an hour and a half before the game, like I'm normally. And I was sitting there, and I just took it all in. For some reason, which mostly I don't, and I just took it all in. The the people that came there and looked at the arena, the, the security people, the 
the ushers, the uh, all the people that help the athletic department, the and then the little kids, and then the ball boys, and then I just said, wow. I mean, this it's is an so, under, it's you take so, it for it's granted. So it's, yes. it's an undertaking. Yes. It's a big undertaking, and that's and, part of the. And so I say, I take it for granted that Jack Owens, you're out on the road so often trying <laughs> to get these kids to come to the university, and I thank you for it. And I'm not a Purdue graduate, but I thank you for it, based on what you guys do. And and if they win games for us, now if they don't, you're going to be now, you're going to jump off just, that bandwagon. But just if you, you know, so often you just don't appreciate no, how yeah. cool it really is. In, the, in that in that trip to Madison Square Garden, and again going to the crossroads this week will do the same thing to me. That's the greatest thing about it. That's why at, at my age, at almost seventy years of age, I have trouble giving this up because <laughs> how can it get any better than this? And that's okay. So I'm done. Right. Be no. humble. <laughs> well, that and you're going to retire when Coach Painter and I decide you're <laughs> going to retire. Uh, one thing, one, as we wrap up here, Joe, I want, want to ask you one thing, and this happens from time to time player that is in our area or region and as we have hit on here over the last you know few minutes there's a variety of reasons kids go other places or don't come here do come here but a kid let's say a highly touted kid he's down the road whether that's northeast southwest doesn't matter but for whatever reason we either a don't recruit him from the beginning or he decides not to come here and nine times out of ten there's a backstory that never surfaces to the general public yet in their minds he should have been here and you guys are the ones that get the blame pinned on you no, because he doesn't get it. honestly how frustrating is that and, and it may be a backstory like and i'm making this up this this has never happened to a recruit but you know we found out his parents keep dead bodies in the basement or whatever it might be we don't go on a kid and all of a sudden he you know he's a mcdonald's all-american yeah. And you guys, again, you're the ones that uh, that kind of get blamed for him not being here. How frustrating is that? It's frustrating. <laughs> uh, from the standpoint of, you know, when you, you come to Purdue and, uh, you know, you want to, first of all, we want to recruit, you know, um, locally if we can. You know, if there's a kid good enough here to play here in the state, we, we would love to have him here at Purdue. Uh, but there's sometimes there's factors Things are already factored into a kid's decision, where which you have no control over. Right, right. Um, you know, uh, you know, if you know, if something happened down the line with the family member or, or whatever it may be, or their issue with Purdue, you, you, like I said, you have no control over certain situations, but you have to live with it, and you have to do the best job you can to try to to reel them in, and and, and that's that's difficult at time when 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 you come to find out. Uh, the real reason why a kid didn't attend your school or, or whatnot, you're like, man, I wasted three years on this kid. But <laughs> but 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 no, uh, it's it's frustrating uh, at times when 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 you um, don't have a real shot uh, because of something that's out of your control is the best way I can put it. Well, and that's why we always say you got to want the kids that want to be here, and you got to value those guys, put value in those guys, and and be thankful for them, and don't worry about the ones that you don't get. So. Well, I want to thank you, uh, J.O., for stopping by and talk a little bit of recruiting with us. Um, hopefully the uh, fans got a little bit of insight on that. So that was Episode 7 of the uh, Purdue Basketball Podcast. I want to thank uh, everybody for listening, as always. And until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well. <laughs>